Hi, this is Evie. And this is Chantel. And this, and this is Married to PTSD. And we are on season three. Season three, episode one. <laughs> Sorry about season two. <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some, and we lost season two, okay? Uh, that was just the season I was in at the end. I apologize to anybody that was listening. Um, well, I do know a lot of people were listening because I have gotten plenty of messages saying, where is the podcast? We're back. It just takes me a minute because when I'm going through a season with my veteran, um, I have a very hard time podcasting through it. Yeah, I don't know why do. that is. And I'm always like, let's podcast because my veteran's being an asshole. <laughs> right. But we're like... We're so opposite on so many things, yes. but that's what makes us perfect for each other. Exactly. Um, and so I'm not going to say that we're through the season, but it's just, it's, it's but tolerable. But then an update, my husband has a service dog and our service dog is not doing well. Um, for the last couple of weeks, well, our service dog Ridge was born with a back a spinal defect, and we knew which we have said plenty of times that right. our service dog needs a service dog, <laughs> right? And it has come now to where the paralysis is kind of setting in and pain, and so for the last two weeks, um, he just has not been walking. Um, canines has been amazing support. Canine on the front line. Um, we're looking at possibly getting him a wheelchair, but he is definitely 100% retired from being a service oh. dog. Uh, now I we're think they have a little dog wheelchair at um, the warehouse. <laughs> um, honestly, with the spinal thing, it has to be fit to him perfectly oh. and all that. Um, but at that point, the quality of life, I don't know. We've got a lot. It's a roller coaster, so you can imagine um, things on the home front with this because mm -hmm. that is a major tool for him yeah not to mention when he's not working he's our pet and we love him and so it has just been an emotional roller coaster dang i'm so sorry to hear that it's been hard so um, what's the next step you just wait to see what the front line says and will you get oh like with the service dog i'm not sure so he's trying to decide if he wants to go that route again or i mean it's hard to make the decision when ridge is sitting in front of us um so I don't know. That that will be down the road. We're just trying to stay afloat with Ridge's issues how right now. Will, how does Randy do, though, without the service dog? He does okay. But there are – and honestly, before we even retired him, there were – he was doing much better. There's just certain places and certain things where he really, really needs Ridge. And he can tell that he's not there. And I'm just like, uh. Mm. So – um, well, he's going to have to figure that out. That's something on him. So if he wants another service dog, we will go that route. If not, he's going to have to figure that out. And I, hopefully it's not, um, it's not a horrible figuring it out time. <laughs> <laughs> and so how is, um, Ridge doing like, does he have to wear a diaper or oh, does no, no. he, like, does he just stay in one spot? Does he walk at all? Well, okay, so it's a roller coaster with him. We were trying different pain meds. We're trying different steroid, like not different steroids, but a steroid to help the inflammation on his spine. So, like, 
last week he wasn't walking at all. We had to pick him up, take him outside. He could stand a little bit to go to the bathroom. He's always gone to the bathroom on his own and he eats. But then this morning he popped up and just walked into my bedroom like it was nothing and then walked to the deck door like it's time to go potty. But then that was it. It wore him out and he was done for the day. So I was just like, and that's what I'm talking about. It's a roller coaster. We're like, do we, can he walk anymore? Can he not walk anymore? So it's just been tough. Mentally, it's been tough. So we don't know. One day Ridge is horrible. And the next day, like I said, he walked into the bedroom and he looked like he was just okay. Yeah. So we don't know what's going on. So anyways, that's my life and with just the service dog. But then the last few months have just been really, really up and down with the season that we're in. So it is, that's when I kind of get quiet and stay in a, I don't, I don't want to podcast. I don't want to talk to people. I'm just trying to get through life. If that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, and we, like, I know that you guys, um, here, hold on. Give me one second. You do that. Um, like whenever you guys go through your thing, I know it takes you guys longer to get out of it. And then like I've said 5 billion times, I'm like, I have a five second rebound rate. So like the longest Josh and I, let's see a few weeks ago, we were like in a huge rut probably for like four days. And it was just like really awkward. Cause like, it's like, he won't break and like talk to me at all. And I'm just like, cool. Just, just sitting here taking care of all these kids. Well, uh, you're doing your thing. Let me know when we're good. No, I like like, that too. I have a very quick rebound rate, but when he's going through this, it's like we fix it. And then the next day there's a blow up. We fix it. And the next, it's just, it's like a never ending cycle that I just keep rebounding from. And it's just, it wears you out. I get that. So that's, that's where I'm at. Sounds like you're in a season or good season. Um, just depends on the day. We're actually, Josh is going to uh, Colorado on Tuesday for a few days to do a training thing for the carpet franchise. Fine. Um, his brother moved back and now he is um, going to start working with Josh. And so they're going together, which um, it would be nice for them to have some man time. And me and the kids are not crazy sad about that. We're ready to have... <laughs> Just a couple of days of being our cool selves. Yes, and absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes you need the absence a little bit. Sometimes you do. (laughs) Okay, so that's a little update on us. Um, I'll try to up. Why is it every time? Yes, that's a little on us. I'm going to do the email. What? Yes, go ahead. Um, okay. Sorry. Being a mom for a second. I am sorry. I apologize. These are going to be completely cold reads because I haven't read any. And so I'm scared to death when I do that because of the one incidents we've had. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to throw nicknames out real quick and pray I don't have a novel. Okay, here we go. Here's one. We're going to call her BB. And BB says, I mean, this one was sent... I'm embarrassed to say. I know. Do I say it? Say it. You got it. <laughs> it was sent in May. So we're okay. ca- we'll do catch Hold ups. On. Hold on. Hey, Liv, make sure they know to be quiet, okay? All right. So Wait, I'm. Oh, real quick. You know, our friend that we had on the podcast with us, who's my new neighbor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for you and I, it was a long time ago, but for podcast listeners, it wasn't a crazy long time ago. She's a nurse. Yeah. Anyways, 
Um, well, her daughter is having a <laughs> sleepover down the road. And so everybody is there except for Liv. So they all walked up here. All let's see. There looks like there's like 10 of them at my door right now. So I had to make sure Liv knows to bring it down a notch if oh, they all come in here. Gotcha. Oh, gosh. Okay. Josh is getting them all to go. Okay. You're good to go. Okay. Okay. Um, it says... Um, this is from BB. Hello, Evie and Chantel. My name is BB, and I'm a licensed clin- license. Again, I have not read this. I apologize. A licensed clinical social worker and a and a psychologist in private practice outside of Washington D.C. with over 20 years of clinical experience. I now specialize in using accelerated resolution therapy (ART) (ART) with my patients. I am also an AASECT. Um, another kind of therapist. Um, your podcast is fantastic. I would love to be a guest on your show and discuss a topic I haven't seen you talk about before about art. Uh, it was created in 2008 by a therapist. Art is an evidence-based brief treatment um, that uses calming bilateral eye movements and voluntary images replacement to change how traumatic images and sensations are stored in the brain. Although it's similar to eye movement, um, what is this EMDR symptom reduction oh, occurs? Yeah, that's what we have an Osage mom that does that. Oh, really? Desensitization mm-hmm. reprocessing. Um, it occurs in one in five sessions which is more rapid than EMDR. Okay. Um, It says every week I witness patients heal from decades of trauma in only one to five 60-minute sessions. I want to highlight that many patients with trauma have talked or have tried talk therapy, CBT, or exposure therapy without any real long-term symptom reduction or healing. Art doesn't require any talking about the trauma and is 70% effective, although in my clinical practice, that number is closer to 90%. Wow. That is awesome. So maybe we can get her on here to talk more about that. Yeah, that's that, really cool. If we we're appreciate here to, that. Yeah, so we will um, reach out. I'll, we will email you back and see if we can set up a time because that's awesome. Yeah, I've heard actually amazing things about that. Okay. Um, actually, the mom that does it is a wrestler mom. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Actually, I don't think that really matters if I say her name. Um, Harbison. Okay. So that's what she does. She has her own practice here, too, at the lake. Very cool. Okay. All right. Um, awesome. So there, there, So we will email you back, BB. Um, um, I, I'll read the next one. Which, which is what? Who? This is the next one right above that. Okay. Um, DM. Okay. Got you. Okay. This just says, all right, I had to pause episode number three at like two minutes because I can't stop bouncing in my seat. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories. Now I need to go back and see what that one's about. But it says, my mom found the podcast and texted me to be after a, or texted it to me after a bad night. I debated afraid it would be draining or counterproductive, but I finally just hit play. It sounded like I was listening to a recording of myself, not to mention spooky similar details. Another round of that from episode two. I've never talked to another wife married to PTSD. I can't stop listening. Oh, I'm so sorry that you don't have that support. 
but please reach out to us. And we love being able to just be there for somebody else, even though it's just a voice. Honestly, I was where I lived for a very long time and I just didn't say anything and I had no idea. I had no idea. There's tons. I mean, and we've talked about it a billion times that we literally have known each other for seven years before we even opened up to each other. Yeah. that sucks. It sucks for us. It sucks for... I know. You know, just like our mental state. Because we went through it and we didn't have to. I'll read this next one too because... uh, it's a short one. Okay, perfect. It's called TBSS. Um, active duty army here, 22 years and counting. Ooh. Two 18-month deployments, six months apart. Ooh. I think having a couple of guys on your podcast who have identified and are living with it, living with or in the content state of living with PTSD on the show may provide insight. I've enjoyed your show as it shows me what it's like from a woman's perspective. I've been married once later in life and I've been married 12 years, but through or but through that, me and my wife have learned how to help each other through PTSD flare-ups. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that is the first one that we have gotten like that. Yeah. Oh, I love you, TBSS. All right, you do the next because it starts with <laughs> oh, the novel. <laughs> great. Wait, what? <laughs> Okay, it's not that bad, actually. We've had longer. Okay, so this one is... I'm trying to, I don't know your nickname yet. Um, while I'm reading, Chantel's going to come up with a nickname. Yep. Okay, so it says, That's Hi there, ladies. So today I found your podcast, and I wish I had found it so much sooner. I apologize in advance because this will probably be one of those, those novel-length emails Um, that you must get all the time. Actually, we don't. I'm just grateful to have found your podcast. I am engaged to an Army combat veteran who served three tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. I, a little backstory, I moved to PA for my job, and after being here for a month, I met my fiancé on a dating site, and we hit it off in a big way. Four days later, he offered to let me move in with him because I was unable to find a place to live, and I was in danger of being homeless. He's the most wonderful man I've ever met. He's loving and supportive and overprotective. I know there's nothing he wouldn't do for me if it was in his power, but his anger always scares me. He almost never raises his voice to me and almost never directed that anger towards me except for a couple of times. I've never forgot the hateful words he'd say. It almost always came out of nowhere. I didn't know for almost a year that he'd been... Wait, I have to get rid of my glasses. They're like driving me nuts as I read. I'm sorry. I didn't know for almost a year that he'd even served in the military. He would rarely talk about it, but he started to open up more and more about his experience to me because I was a safe place for him. Even when he was hateful, self-medicating with alcohol, all I could see was the pain he'd been through and I love him that much harder. I didn't know that he had PTSD. PTSD on top of some truly horrible childhood trauma I didn't know anything about is really, I didn't really know anything about it except for my own mild experience that I got from a long and protracted battle with my own family. I'm sorry, I have to enlarge this. I'm, I'm, my eyes, 44 is killing me. I know. Okay. His was obviously far different, and I don't know why I never put it together. He held everything in and restrained himself so carefully for so long until all the walls he built started to crumble. 
He proposed to me in December last year, and I said yes without hesitation. But after that, things really took a downward spiral. His health issues were becoming more frequent, and in January, my store closed, and I had to take a lower-paying job. His health was so bad that I have been supporting us on a meager salary since then. We've been struggling so hard that our mental health, our finances, and our health of our relationship... Um, is our health relationship? We fight a lot. Well, he fights and I just cry and try to think of the right things to say. He hides from me or goes to stay with friends where he can't get the medical help he needs. For five months, I've only seen him a few times. My car is on its last legs and he was living almost two hours away from me. I couldn't get to see him and I don't know where his friends live. Everything always goes wrong when he's supposed to come home, and for a long time, I was convinced he'd simply abandoned me, even though we talked every day or fought every day. A couple of times, I thought it was really over. He was secretive and uncommunicative, and I was angry and frustrated and all alone. In April, he finally told me that he'd gone to get help for PTSD because he loved me and wanted our impending marriage to work out. I was happy, but also angry that he'd hid something that big from me for weeks. I made my peace with it, and when he said he'd come home for good and continue to get help, I was so happy. But that didn't work out either. He was already living in a group home for veterans on a 30-day program, and so I realized he wasn't going to come home. Another thing he neglected to tell me until I was already done He never really talked about PTSD or his treatment or anything. I never knew what was going on, and it was endlessly frustrating and terrifying because I had no idea if he was really getting help or just self-medicating and hiding from me because maybe he couldn't stand me anymore. I had no idea what was actually going on with him. In the meantime, I'm here always alone. No support system, no financial help, no mental help, nothing. I had no one, and I wanted him... And all I wanted was him to come home because we have a VA right up the road. But this program he's in wasn't run by the VA. And though he was at one time getting help with his PTSD from the VA down where he was staying, I didn't find out until a couple of days ago that his OTH discharge status means he cannot get help from the VA and neither can I through the caregiver program support. I've tried everything I can think of to get us both help we need, but as I'm sure you know, and as the nice women at the caregiver support line told me, mental help is a mess right now, especially if you're a veteran with an OTH status. I don't know what that means. I'm looking it up. Um, so when I found your podcast, it was a great relief. Oh, it says, let's see, having an OTH discharge on their DD-214 means the service member will not be entitled to veterans benefits and will not be eligible to re-enlist. So it's other than honorable. Got you. Oh, my dad had that. Okay. Um, There was so much I related to and found out was, well, normal for PTSD marriages. While sometimes it seems bleak because you know this is going to always be a struggle, there's hope. I've been lost and hopeless since February, and so many times I wanted to give up on the relationship and even on my life. But I love him so much, and even when people would tell me to walk away, I knew I couldn't because he really is a good man. And after all he survived, he deserves someone who will love him and support him in the darkest hours. I can't imagine anyone could love him 
and be so protective of him as me. Uh, which is something I hear you guys say a lot about your own husbands. And that's the kind of positive thing I need to hear because it means it can be done. But I'm no saint. So many times I was angry and resentful towards him in my head. And I would spend all day having imaginary arguments with him because I couldn't say the things, these things to him. I couldn't make him understand what I was going through because he is struggling just to, hang on, produce a, uh, to process what he's going through and that wouldn't be fair to burden him. So I go to war with him and myself in my head just to get out all the hateful things. It's exhausting, but sometimes it helps me process. Finding your podcast was a blessing because all of these things you all went through and continue to go through makes me understand him a little better. I wish I had spent so much time being broken by our situation. I wish I had studied and learned about this so much sooner so I could have helped him more instead of probably stressing him out more. Again, sorry for the length of this, but I can't stress enough how much hope you have given me when I'm almost completely given up. I haven't listened to all the episodes yet, but I will because I need this kind of support now more than ever, especially since I'm struggling to find in-person support where I live for the both of us. If you have any suggestions on how to find help for vets with OTH status, I'd love to hear it. When my fiance comes home, I'm going to talk to him about getting his discharge status overturned as we suggest as as was suggested to me. Thank you again for everything you do for our spouses or almost spouses living with PTSD. All right. So, I don't know. Did you name this person? That is rough. We are going to call her Jojo. I think but we- I think we have a JoJo, but anyways, um, uh, I don't know. She's going to be another JoJo. That's rough. Okay. Normally what I want to tell you is yes, nobody's going to love your spouse the way that, or nobody's going to love your vet the way that you can, but honey, I'm like, this is rough. You need to move on. I don't want to be this person. I'm not usually this person, but you have nothing tying you down. You're not married. You don't have kids. Yeah, OTH, that's hard. I don't know how you're going to overturn that. I'm sure that there are ways, but that's probably going to be rough going. So I know like some of the times the only thing, and it sounds really shitty, but some of the things that have kept us going is staying married because of the kids or because we've already put 20 years in or because he has 100% disability. So we're able to financially stay together. Honey, this is hard, and I don't even. You didn't really say how long you guys been together, so. Okay, so I'm. I can feel Chantel. I'm totally with you. I'm like, I know when Chantel. I'm like, get on (laughs) ChristianMingle.com when you go find you a godly man who wants to go to church with you and not leave you for weeks at a time. Where you're coming from is Chantel and I's. I'm like most of ours that are already deep into it with children and marriages is it didn't just hit us in the face and we're like, no. dang, we have all these problems. Let's get married. It was a slow, gradual. Actually, I'm changing her name from Jojo dash Joe Mick is to red flag, honey. I was about to say all these little red flags and They're then adding up. No. And just... I bet you, I guarantee you, Evie, people, <laughs> these other mamas, and maybe even TBSS that we just talked to. Yeah. I guarantee you they're saying, Ron, what are you <laughs> doing, JoJo Mick? 
Run! I know. I'm like, we are in it. We're committed. We stood before God and, you know, we're married and we have families and we've built lives. And I, I mean. How many people are yelling at the radios right now? <laughs> they're like, they're like speed cleaning, listen to our podcast. They're throwing their freaking sponges. <laughs> Jojo May. I know. Honey, red flag it. Yeah. I, you call me and we'll find you somebody else. I'll get you a dating app. We don't, I mean, this is not our podcast. We're not that person We're not like, we're not those hey, people. you need to leave, but you're, it, you're not even in it. No. So, okay, moving I on. I have though, a Facebook stalker right now. That was I don't a even know what else to do. Very cold read. I apologize. Here we go. We're moving on. Hey, Jojo, we are not these people and you know this about us, <laughs> but if we're saying it. Okay, it so another email we'll nickname you in just a second again it's a cold read i hope this is not a diss good evening or pleasant wherever part of the day you're in evie and chantelle i am new to your podcast have recently seen it recommended on facebook group i only recently joined i have only made it to episode three to learn that you have an email address but i have i had to write in and thank you both i am married to a 100 percent, actually more than that so, uh service connected this- oh don't you just laugh at <laughs> math is oh yeah saying. i know service connected disabled combat with both a tbi and ptsd only recently did the level of our issues come to light to others but as you noted in the first episode the response from my family and friends who do not understand this has been to tell me to leave him for so many reasons that that is not an option and i'll admit as one of you i'm still listening I'm still learning your voices. Noted in an early episode, one of your reasons is that I would worry too much about our son having time with him without there being any buffer. Finding this virtual community is huge. I wish I had found it years ago. I do wonder, and perhaps this becomes clear in later episodes, if there are groups of us around the country that meet up. I could really use a person rather than a cursor yes as we navigate what i hope is our bottom he has promised to go back to therapy but until he does this is where we are anyways many thanks for um your candor and comment and commitment to this community which Uh, one was that this would be sl (laughs) we're just given names weird weird names sl um yes it, oh, i would September 13th yes that was on september yes so oh, i would too on purpose because you're wait i would love 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 to have like be like hey everybody meet at the lake we're all gonna try to get rooms at this um you know condo place and just meet up but i i'm uh, gosh i don't know i can barely getting through the holidays at this point but anyways that would that would be a future amazingness you know to have yes 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 um okay that one we don't need to read read the one for july 11th and then we can close it out with that one july 11th Mm-hmm. oh a.m yeah that's gigantic okay I love how you're like, read that one. Read that one. We'll close it out with this one. Okay. All right, AM in July. Hello, ladies. I am. I've just recently started looking into podcasts to try to understand my husband more clearly. We've been together for 15 years. We've blended our families together. I have two kids and he had two. Then we had two on our own. We got married. Read 
<laughs> we got ma- married while he was still active duty, and we met at a very low point in his life. He was going through a divorce, and his mother had passed away. I was two years out of my first marriage and was thriving spiritually, economically, and, and personal growth. He was a very heavy drinker at the time we met. He had just moved to my hometown in San Antonio while his daughters were with their bio mom. A year later, he gained full custody of his daughters and we then merged our families together in 2008. We had a few months, he, wait, we had a few month long deployments and a year long deployment in Korea, to Korea while he was active duty. In 2013, he was honorably discharged because he no longer had a desire to be in the army anymore. When this happened, we were living in Colorado Springs. We moved back to SA with five kids and both of us without jobs. The saving grace for us was that I bought a house in SA way before we met, which was paid off by that time. He didn't Whoa. receive any counseling you, mama. or help that I from the military comrades for the first year after getting out. He was super depressed and needed to deflate and reflect on um, on the, uh, all of the things he had gone through. So I picked up the slack and took care of the kids, worked and did things around the house. I remember the girls at the time were middle school aged and would come home from school and open our bedroom door just to see dad asleep. The look on their face like they were hoping things had changed overnight just to be let down. A couple years goes by and I finally convince him to go to the VA for help. Um, at the very least, compensation for what the combat-related injuries had done to him. He felt undeserving and didn't want to take away from his people who really needed the help. The docs at the VA prescribed meds for anxiety and depression, which made him feel numb and dulled his senses. He didn't really take them. He started to self-medicate with pain pills and then eventually leading to heroin. This la- That lasted about 18 months. I also partook in the drug use. I begged him not to lead us down this road before it happened. But when it did, I felt like I will go down this road with you too. I would have done anything to feel close to him again. I started to notice our home was starting to feel and look empty and decided things needed to change. Even the drug dealer told us we shouldn't be there. How jacked up is that? He was right though. We didn't belong with those people. We were both grew up with good parents and home. So it didn't make sense. However, PTSD is different. Mm, uh, You can tell if someone is physically injured and people rush to their aid. But when it's mental, people tend to run away from it. So he, he went to rehab through the VA and I dealt with my own demons by myself since I no longer had health insurance. He was gone for about a month and by then I was on the road to doing better and thinking clearer. Oh my gosh, how shitty is that though? Like, so yeah, he gets the VA. He and the th- VA gets to help him with that drug stuff, but like now she's dealing with this and five kids on her own. Yeah, he then relapsed and went back to treatment, staying mm-hmm. a while longer. A while longer that time, he came home a better person for the first time in years. I had, hang on, I have to scroll up. I had what I thought was my husband back. He decided to go back to school, and we were doing better financially. He graduates. And gets a bachelor's in network engineering. He lands a job that he took pride in being a part of. A year passes by and his ambition has risen to new heights. And he decides he wants to try to find a different job that would not only pay more, 
but just be a better fit for him overall. He finds the dream job, which was challenging but stimulating for him. He took pride in his work that he was doing, and he felt he was becoming an asset to his team. He was. Um, can I just stop you real quick and tell you like how sad I am to know that this is probably about to fall? <sighs> He was coming up on his one-year mark this summer and was let go for using too much PTO. During the drug use till today, he had made crazy accusations about me. He accused me of having our last son with someone else when I spent 90% of my days with him and the other 5% at work. He talks about having intrusive thoughts about me that he thinks I've been unfaithful to him, which is the furthest from the truth. When he gets in that mode, there's no reaching him. My husband has left the building. So instead of arguing about my integrity and faithfulness, I stonewall him because how can you argue against something that's never happened? I started noticing a pattern on this behavior, which started in February, 2023. And every three weeks, it rears its ugliest towards me. During the last few months, he has packed up all of his things in his car and tells me that he no longer wants to be with me. After he calms down, he realizes what he has done and apologizes and promises not to do it again. He agreed to go to couple therapy. Then time goes by and it never gets booked. By then, we are coming up to a three-week mark where he starts an argument and leaves to get drunk, which, by the way, we've both been completely sober for years at this point. He oh, would frequent strip clubs, and the latest act of trying to end things was to download Tinder and speak with women on the app. That was almost two months ago. He blamed me for the reasoning why he he did it, did what he did. There are so many other details about our marriage that if I said it out loud would make any sane person be like, what the hell are you doing doing with him? I don't want to constantly be trying to defend my character all the while pretending I'm loving marriage any while pretending I'm loving marriage anymore. I do love him and our life have been together because we've had each other, but right now we are in the wildest side roller coaster. And I bought the unlimited ride pass. I guess my message is to help other women know it's not your fault. You can do everything right all the time and they will still find their way back to make you feel as bad as they do. I just want to ride I just want the ride to stop and I want the person I was promised back. I'm starting to feel like that will never happen again for us. I just want him to be proud of how far we've come over the years and realize that I've always been by his side through it all. However, I can't live for his happiness and forsake my own and my kids. I know I need therapy for all of the emotional trauma I've undergone throughout the years. The way I have coped throughout the years was to focus on my children's happiness and trying to find time for my own healing as well. Like watch your podcast show along with others. I know this was a lot to unload on y'all, but to be honest, it just is the tip of the iceberg. I call my marriage to PTSD. Thanks for being there. AM. AM. That's a lot. That was a roller coaster. Mm, It doesn't sound like you're off of it either at all. No. Um, Oof. Yeah. There was a, I mean, I know we read a lot, so we're trying to get to a lot because we'd missed a lot. And there's still more, yeah. so we need to definitely... We have two minutes left. <laughs> I know. So hang in there. Um, I'll try to, even though I'm going through some seasons, I will try to get with Chantel and we'll podcast because you guys' stories need to be heard. Yeah. Um, I mean, it helps us. It helps you guys. We just want... I mean, like I've said a million times, we are doctors and we get paid to give advice. She is not a doctor, nor am <laughs> I, and she has got to stop saying that. 
<laughs> we really read emails. You're here to say it for me. Oh, you make me nervous every time you say that. <laughs> well, at least you're my uh, fine print. <laughs> yes, I'm the it's fine print. Fine. We are not at well, all. I am going to get off here okay. and I'm going to go make some um, um, dinner. What am I making? Some cheese dip. Oh. And we're going to watch the Chiefs win. Yes, 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 yes. We're about to do that too. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Um, I mean, that's legit what we're having for dinner. Like, that's what we planned for dinner is cheese dip. Okay, no. I that would My season would go badly if that's what I served for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, guys, don't forget to email us at married to PTSD. And hopefully before next July, we will read your messages. Um, <laughs> don't forget to Facebook us at PTSD. Or married to PTSD. Married to PTSD. Um, that's all I got for you. All right. See you. All right, bye, Listen Evie. to you next bye, time. Bye, guys. Bye.